And welcome to our weekly podcast check-in, where we are checking in with ourselves. We are checking in digitally via the internet and our iPhones and whatever devices you may be using to listen, to tune in, and really remind yourself the journey back to the heart. Really have this opportunity over the next couple of hours, an hour, 40 minutes or so, where you get to tune into a frequency that you may be already feeling, you may be already experiencing, and this will just strengthen it. This might give it more foundation and more support, or perhaps this will literally, literally invite you and generate the frequency of your heart and I am excited to have do this show today with Sam, Sam Libowitz, the producer and founder and creator of this radio network which really is a platform for expression, a platform for sharing. It gives me the ability to walk into this office and know that I am communicating with so many of you. So many of you doing this sacred, holy work of community building, really. Because mm. what are we doing here if not ultimately building community through practices of presence, self-love, compassion, kindness, generosity, and ultimately waking up to our full potential, which is really infinity unlimited the experience of creation through the heart creation using the mind using the clarity and peace that we can and we have in our body and ultimately allowing and surrendering to life's spirit to life force itself to come to come through our hearts generate and fuel our body fuel our mind and give expression Give expression to the divine. Give expression to the divine that just wants to share and make good of whatever is happening. To make better, to expand, to grow, to cultivate even more oomph, even more possibilities in whatever present situation you may be in right now. Because if there's one thing which there are many but if the one thing that is consistently consistently coming to the present in all of this spiritual work which we are all doing together in all of this community buildings and gatherings and rituals and whatever practices you may be involved if there's one consistent consistent path consistent experience is the flow, again, of your heart, the flow of energy between the mind and the heart, what it really means is not experiencing life through your mind and with thinking alone. Because so many of us still, so many of us right now experiencing this life literally being dragged around by our mind. Maybe I can say better, dragged around by our thoughts, 
Let's not blame the mind. The mind is the container, the vehicle, the expression, the TV screen, the projector. And yet our thoughts, our thoughts, our mind's ability to think and conjure up and separate and analyze and build and create is merely a function. It is not the entire experience. And yet due to many, 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 many years of being in a place of survival, place where we needed to protect ourselves, in a place where it was actually dangerous to be alive for such a long existence, then we have been literally protecting ourselves by separating everything to be able to focus on immediate danger. Separating everything in order to focus on survival. And in that separation, in that existence in which you're experiencing your life in your head, literally not feeling your body, experiencing joy, even anger and sadness, and most feelings and emotions literally, primarily through your mind with your thoughts and you know exactly you know exactly what I'm talking about because you know the difference between being in your head and being in your body between being stuck in a loop being stuck in a negative thought cycle that you just literally don't understand why it keeps happening and happening and happening and yet you know there is another possibility you know what letting go feels like We have all had that. We have all had the experience of letting go. Letting go is possible when you feel safe. Letting go is possible when you are literally in a different frequency and you can't let go through the mind. The mind is built in, has a built-in capacity and mechanism to let go. But to let go the feeling of safety, the feeling of security, the feeling of being supported and being loved is a necessary foundation. So, so much of the work we are doing in order to let go is community building. It's supporting one another. It's really being there for one, for, you know, everyone we can touch and everyone we can be with just so they can feel safe to let go and to be themselves. This journey, this journey from your head back to your heart is a real one. And you know it. I'm talking to you. You know it. You know what it feels like to be back in your body. You know what it feels like to be in your heart. You know what it feels like to feel joy just for being alive. Everything you're after, creativity, happiness, the simple bliss of being alive, It's all possible when you allow the life force to flow through you. Disease, constriction, suppression, repression, all happens when for one reason or another, one experience leads to another where we contract, we turn, we block the life force of energy. 
Because you either have an open heart or closed heart. Yes, there is a process of opening and there is a process of closing that is true. And yet there is a different level of being when your heart is open and when your heart is closed. And when you close your heart, you do it to protect yourself. When you close your heart, you do it because you have to or you had to. As you are growing up, as you are waking up, as you are doing your work, you're doing your work to negate, to heal, to face the fears, the insecurities, the doubts, all of which has you feeling not good enough. Because let's face it, feeling not good enough is so common, we, 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 we just accept it, we make fun of it, we, we, don't, we don't consider it a crisis, and yet feeling not good enough is a crisis. It's a crisis of imagination, it's a crisis of existence, it's a crisis that life itself is feeling not good enough. Life which is ultimately connected to everything else and comes from infinite possibilities and has built in the capacity to experience infinite choices. But having the inner conflict and the thought patterns that interrupt and close the heart. Close the heart for protection. Close the heart because of shame close the heart because of negative experiences that may have happened and may happen in the future. And the journey, the journey between your head to your heart is paved with intimacy. The work that we are doing together, the work that we are doing together, journeying from our mind Journeying from an experience of separateness, being separated, feeling alienated, feeling alone. The journey that it takes, that we go on, to go from feeling alone and broken and not good enough, to an experience of the divine, the experience of feeling open, being kind, being generous. That is the journey that we are after. That is the ultimate journey back home. And all of our work together is ultimately to remind each other, to support one another, that we are safe. We are safe to surrender to life once again. We are safe to surrender to life just because we exist. And for whatever reason, however it's worked out, the accumulated negative feelings, the accumulated experiences of shame in your body builds up and that energy keeps your heart closed. That energy doesn't allow the life force which is within you every day, every second you wake up to be constricted. And it's okay, it really is okay to acknowledge that this is not a journey that you do in one night this is a journey that can take years and apparently lifetimes. But the journey from your head to your heart is paved 
with intimacy and self-awareness. And the freedom, real freedom, is the freedom from inner conflicts, from shame, from self-loathing and self-pity habits and escapism that just keeps us, keeps us fearful and scared from the actual moment, from the actual experience. And tonight I'm very excited to have Ohad here, which we'll chat with during the next segment. And we will chat with Ohad about everything. Shamanism, Kabbalah, sacred sexuality, boundaries, how to maintain the passion and enthusiasm and courage to keep coming back to the heart and the journey home. In the moon of the budding trees I was gifted new eyes to see All of the shift and shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities And welcome back to Being Community Radio. And, you know, as Oria mentioned in the first segment, you know, uh, I'm here giving him a platform and, and supporting him in this work. But most importantly, I'm also a community member. And... And, and actually, when he first came on and we talked about the show, you know, Ori always had this vision of it being something not just for the community, but by the community. And, and has kind of gone through a couple of iterations of what the show, how it was structured, what it was all about. And, and, and then when he said to me again for the, like the third time, oh, I'm changing the name of the show. I'm like, okay, to what? Being Community Radio. Like, Fine. Because now I knew once he changed it to that, that that's what it would stay. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, it, it, the process of having the courage to express myself, you know, had its own phase. And, right. and when I realized that it was important for me to go through that phase and then let that go, really right. let that go and invite, invite the rest of the community right. and make it about everyone. Right. And for me to change the name was really a marker, uh, internal an internal shift. Just like mm. right now, I'm going from. Uh, I was a student for my teacher, uh. I still am, and now I'm also teaching other teachers. That is that is th- that transformation that is within me. I don't think I can explain in words, mm. but it's again, it's the ultimate letting go. It's whatever feelings of. Uh, feeling special or having a specific role or knowing something that is particular to my gifts or my understanding or my energy patterns mm. even making that just a just just another story i mean it's a great story but we all right. have it right and again speaking of connection and speaking of expression i come to find out that most of the blockage and most of the fear that I have always felt, because I've always wanted to do something like that, meaning I've always wanted to express myself, I've, wanted, I've always wanted to be a teacher, yeah. but the journey between dream, I mean, dreaming to realizing has been, has been, I mean, I had to face a lot of shame. I had mm. to face a lot of physical and, uh, uh, physical shame and then memories of shame, so mental, 
thought patterns that just wouldn't allow me to express myself, wouldn't allow me to say, this is what I want. And even when I did, like most people do, people have epiphanies, people mm-hmm. have aha moments. But then taking action is so rare when it comes to, you know, things and projects and, and organizations that actually influence the world to the better. We have a lot of talk, right. but the action is really a, a small percentage. And as we wake up, as we wake up, I think it's important to shed light on the awkward stage of waking, shed right. light of the, on the stage that really doesn't look that good and doesn't look that pretty, but it's, right. a, it, it, it's a must. And that you flop around for a while and, and you do it even though it's uncomfortable because it's by the doing of it that you become more and more comfortable and then it stops looking like you're flopping around once you've gotten to the point that you really are comfortable and now it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing, or at least I know what I'm doing at this moment, and I'm okay with expressing myself. Well, you know, somehow segueing to Ohad. For me, yeah. I don't know if I know what I'm doing, but I'm, I have the capacity to let go a lot more than I've ever had but, before. But it's knowing to let go. Well. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Ohad, let's just mm-hmm. bring you in. Your experience of... We'll talk about who you are and all that business as it mm-hmm. comes up. Letting go. What's your mm-hmm. journey with letting go or the experience of surrendering? Well, do you have some stuff that you talk about? or oh, It's not about talking about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> surrendering is surrendering. And uh, in to our feminine aspect, surrendering is the higher bliss, the highest bliss, actually that we can experience, surrendering to something that is bigger thera- than us. And each one of us has a feminine and masculine qualities. Um, and this quality that w- one can call feminine in all of us loves to surrender to something higher than us. Um, that we c- And surrendering comes with deep trust. So the more we trust life, the more we can surrender to the mystery. And for me, I think the, I mean, there is stages and stages in surrendering. In some, in some way, the deepest one was when I, like a year and a half ago, when I was almost dying, uh, drowning in the sea. The sea just took me uh, one afternoon. Um, and after 45 minutes of being in the waves and just mm, in currents that actually all the time took me away, away from shore and I was like completely, completely exhausted. I, I was sure that these are the last visions that my eyes, that my eyes are seeing and the last smells and like I really surrendered blissfully, I have to say. I looked at my life and said like, okay. It was a good. Mm. It was a good experience. Mm. Uh, I say yes to all of that, and I let go completely. Um, and great joy came uh, with this. Eventually, I was. Uh, the, the funny thing was that after I said, you know, I was completely ready to die. I, I, I was sure. I mean, it was so so far from shore. I couldn't see. Um, and exhausted like never in my life. And uh, after I completely surrendered uh, to God and I said like, okay, you know, 
I bless my life. Thank you. I'm ready. But then something in me said, like, but you know, but if you ask me, <laughs> you know, what I what I choose, if you ask me what I choose, because I didn't think I have choice. And then after completely surrendering, I was like, but if you ask me what I choose, I choose life. I don't know if it's possible, but if you ask me, that's my choice. I think two minutes after I was I wasn't sure. Some some current came and and just um, took me. Some waves immediately took me and just threw me on some rocks, and some people came and just uh, dragged me to shore. But um, wow. I have to ask you, which which ocean was this? Where was that this? That was the Mediterranean Sea. This was in Israel? In Israel. Because in I had almost the same experience uh-huh. uh, years ago when I was visiting my sister. And we went to the, we were visiting friends of the family who, who lived on a moshav near Netanya. And mm-hmm. we went to the beach near them, very beautiful beach. And um, I, I, I wasn't even swimming. I was just walking out into the ocean and then all of a sudden a wave came over me and I was like underwater for a second, came up, not really a big deal, but then I couldn't feel the sand under my feet anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to swim back to shore and it just kept taking me further and further out. And it took a little while, but then I started to panic. Mm-hmm. And, and I never got to that surrendering stage. I, I, I was fearful and I was fighting it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like I could see like further, further out, there were some surfers, but they were like too far away. And the people on the shore were too far away. And I know my sister is out there somewhere and I'm like (laughs) waving my hands trying to do stuff, but she can't see me because I'm too far out. Yeah. And 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 I was just praying to every being imaginable under the sun Mm -hmm. because I was not ready to Mm -hmm. let go of life. Yeah, so I was ready. I was completely, I, I was w- observing myself at the same time, seeing actually that I'm completely not panicking, mm. um, not afraid of death. I was, I was actually seeing myself in this place of like, hmm, okay, good to know. You know, I'm kind of, there's something in me that is completely mm-hmm. ready. And I spoke with the waves, I spoke with the spirits of the ocean. I, you know, I was like, okay, you are the ones who are going to take me. So anyway, surrendering is uh, is a process. That's what I wanted to say. It's like I think each time you, you, me, each time I in my life I I can surrender even deeper than I thought is possible before. So the practice. It's a practice of of trust, basically of trust. We we, we are not trusting beings. We are as animals, as animals. We are programmed to in some ways to be fearful um of of danger and in the uh, in the upanishads you know the indian uh, ancient wisdom there is a there is a sentence that says whenever there is an other fear arises (laughs) and you can see i mean you sit at you sit alone at home and you're you know with yourself with your groove and then (laughs) The minute someone else comes, there's something in you that gets charged, that gets like, okay, well, what's going to happen? Especially if you don't know who it is. Mm. Um, there is some kind of tense, the tension that comes when, we're, when, we, uh, when we know that there is another. Love, actually, is the process of 
cre- creating the oneness with the other so there is no other anymore, mm. basically. Yeah. So we, we acknowledge the one that um, bridged the gap between me and the other, and so relaxation comes again. Mm. But we are fearful beings, and, and therefore there is some kind of uh, mistrust at the beginning and learning to really trust sur- trust existence trust trust god trust life and trust death is a lifelong process when you in your personal life about mm-hmm. that story that you the, the almost drowning story you make a direct i'm asking do you make a direct correlation and a knowing between your not just surrender But also the decision you made, you said, "No, I would actually if I had a, if I had a choice, mm-hmm. I would choose life you know to your own in your own soul, do you know that that had a direct correlation to what happened next um, to the fact that you were you know you were like as if spirit and life was listening and y- playing you know, with there you. is philosophically also it was proven that you cannot prove cause and effect. Okay. In anything, you know, even... But there are patterns. Know. But exactly. You can uh, just observe patterns and say, like, you know, whenever a hammer knocks on a nail, it pushes the nail, but it, you don't know that, that, actu- that actually the cause and this is the effect. Just like uh, patterns. So it's an interpretation. Yeah. But it's a real interpretation for me. It's an interpretation that I trust enough to believe in, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... And That's what I'm here to always remind whoever's listening and the people we are w- waking together with, which is millions of us really, that this surrender is really the sea, the quantum soup which allows us to choose and to imagine. And yes, there are certain tendencies and visions and perhaps bigger intelligence that's bigger than us, and yet we do have... The capacity to choose we have the capacity to intent intent and and I have found that to be the the divine creative power that has freedom when you are back in love and when you are back in your heart And we are chatting with Ohad Ezrahi, which I was thinking about when I took the subway up here. Even though I only know Ohad for less than in, 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 in conversational form, at least two, maybe two hours, even less, of this lifetime, uh, I found that I have more in common with him as far as interrelated stories than with most other people right now in the world, which is very strange to me, but then again, it's really not. Uh, I woke up this morning not knowing that he's going to be here with us tonight on the podcast, but then again, most, most of my life, most of what's happening has been like this for at least consciously for five years, like repeatedly. 
and this experience of surrender and being guided by life is not much of a practice as as I don't have any other choice right now. I'm way too far into the surrender experiment. Mm-hmm. I just I, I can't say I wouldn't know how to do it any other way. That's not true. There are plenty of fears and thoughts and ideas that can come up, but my decisions, most of them, life, you know, I used to say thank God, but I just don't do it anymore. I say thank life. It takes me a while. Mm-hmm. Most of the decisions, thank you, life, have are, are coming naturally from my heart, mm-hmm. from with love. Mm-hmm. And that journey has, has been the most physically apparent to me, literally from, I mean, from my head to my heart. And even though it sounds so cliche, but it's true, I know what that feels like. It's the longest distance <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Well, well, it's easier to travel the world, you know, and buy a round-the-world ticket than to make the journey from the head to the heart. Mm. And from the heart to the genitals and back. Okay. That's another, that's another one. You know, all those uh, are so blocked and... Uh, there are checkpoints <laughs> the you know like in in israel we we have checkpoints yeah. um armies there, so we have checkpoints that are not letting energy move and cross and w- one big one is uh, around the neck and the throat, symbolized by the tie that yeah. people have, basically kind of saying, okay, this is like you know separate the head and the heart and the heart are separate." And another one is the belt, yeah, uh, separating the the genitals, which is a, a temple of itself. The the way we say it, we see it in in uh, in Kabbalah is, and and shamanism as well, um, is that there are three we call it temples in the body. The human body is a temple. Let's say, let's start from that. The human body is a temple. Any temple is actually just uh, uh, a mimic of of the human form sacred form um and within the the body there are three major temples one is the temple of consciousness it's around the head the other is the temple of the heart and the third one is temple of power which is in the pelvis um and these three temples need to be connected um most people live in their heads uh, most men live in their in their heads, and then there is like a bypass, bypassing the heart to the genitals. But it's kind of a head and tail kind of thing. Everything else is just like uh, something that has to move the head from place to place. Mm. Um, but once you open the gates of those temples to each other, and there is an int- an integration. Um, and this is what I'm, you know, I'm about, and I'm I'm working in with myself and others, the community in Israel and also commu- international communities around the world. Um, is the integrative path that is not only spiritual, that is not only heart, and that is not only sexual, but it's kind of it's for me it's kind of simple. You know, if you surrender to life, so like you look at yourself like. Who am I? Okay, I have head. I have spiritual senses. I have thought. I have speech. I have 
intuition, I have emotions, I have desires, and I have power. And the interesting thing is that power in the form of sexuality, which is life force, and also in the form of money, which kind of your, your wallet lies in your pocket. Yeah. The money also connected to the, the pelvis um, temple. So this temple needs to be opened and really clean and, and connected to the heart temple and both of them connected to the consciousness temple. And then it's, it's, a, it's, a, I mean, it's a celebration, uh, deep joy, uh, life experience that is so different from the life experience when you are disconnected that it can't I- it's really actually hard to express yeah it, it's it's very clear to me that what the, the parallel universes as people talk about and multiple realities it's it is it's pretty simple because there is a different frequency mm-hmm. that we experience life in when we are in our power we are in our head we are in our heart and I, I love the distinction you made. Uh, it's, it's not that you made it, but you shared with us with the three temples. Because in my journey, I started life with mastering the mind or mm-hmm. mastering, uh, quote-unquote, maybe even consciousness, but through only focusing on the mind and yeah. knowledge. And that was through the, uh, growing up in a religious, uh, dogmatic, really, mm-hmm. uh, setting, which had its benefits, but I... I was, I was disconnected from my heart and from my creative temple. Mm-hmm. Systematically, actually, yeah, absolutely. Who wants any religion institution? Every religious institution doesn't want you to be connected to your own powers. A powerful being is a threat to an institution. Basically, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, right. Hindu, Buddhist. Doesn't matter. Whatever your if you're in your power, you're, you're a threat because you might come up with things that we never heard of before. Things that are different from the way things are being done here yeah. traditionally. <laughs> yeah. So the minute tradition is being based, formed, anything that threats tradition uh, is a threat, is a danger. And what can threat tradition more than actually prophecy, uh, you know, actually connecting to spirit? And because spirit is always renewing, always, always, always new. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it, no coincidence that uh, prophecy, so to say, disappeared from, from uh, the, the, the Jewish nation, uh, according to the religion like 2,000 years ago, it, it never disappeared. Right. They just declared all the prophets uh, sinners or, or lunatics. And that's all you need. You need to say, like, this is it. We're not listening to them anymore. And the one that was a prophet a generation ago, if it comes today, is just a lunatic and you don't listen to them or you, they are heretics or stuff like that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's why... I'm excited about us meeting again mm-hmm. in this life because I myself have been exposed to shamanism and and a, a lot of Kabbalah younger, but it was more a mental experience. 
And my first experience of life was just mastering the mind. And then when I got to a community that was more mm-hmm. supportive and let me feel safe enough to go back into my heart, mm-hmm. that, that became a brand new experience of my life. Mm. And I've always known that the third temple is really the next piece mm-hmm. for me, myself personally, mm-hmm. and then so many of the people that I'm around. Because sex and sacred, uh, I mean, just sex, period. We don't talk about it. We even, even, even in the spiritual, you know. Especially in the spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Especially in the spiritual circles. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just don't talk about it. We acknowledge it, mm-hmm. but we, we just ignore it. Yeah. And we, we know, though. We know deep inside. Like, it, it, it lurks around. And it was, I know for a fact, for me, when I started waking up and coming back into my body, I experienced more shame and more inadequacy than ever before because mm-hmm. I just, I didn't even know it was there. Mm. And it's kind of confusing, really, because it's this catch-22 where you feel really good, but then when you feel really good, you don't. <laughs> yeah, sex is uh, connected with uh, shame and guilt and fear, big time. And once uh, sexuality is being cle- cleansed from, from those you actually stand in your power. Only then you can start to understand the beauty and the spiritual beauty of, of the sexual um, arousal because, and we can talk about it later if you want, but because what happens in the body, very simple, is that you're, you're flooded with um, hormones and uh, neuronic connections that are actually altering your your existence. So for most people it happens for, I don't know, five seconds <laughs> and, and they, they don't know how to, how to ride this wave. It's all about, we started speaking about waves. So it's all about actually surfing the waves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's refreshing and it's exciting. It's really exciting to have, and let's have you specifically too, because uh, most, I mean, very few, I mean, I guess shame is shame, right? But how shame comes about and the type of layers that it brings on, it, takes, it has different shapes and different patterns for people. And growing up in a, for me, in a Jewish religious community, it wasn't just not talked about, but it was actually specifically meant to shame. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm sure it's uh, true too for the Christian community and other. Yeah, and also to people who grew up secular. I work with people around the world, and you know, people who are not religious don't have the the any benefit from from that at <laughs> all. Actually, it's uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Expand on that. Yeah, let, let's do that when we come back. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too Balance my chemistry Hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps So the general, well, the, the pattern of shame The pattern of shame and that really leads to this automatic inadequacy Because the feeling of not good enough I mean every... 
I mean, literally nine out of ten conversations I have mm-hmm. with people in like the darkest, deepest, more profound moments. Anytime we trace <laughs> insecurity of any kind, it really can be summed up with I am not good enough. Yeah. I am not safe enough to receive whatever life has to offer. I'm not worthy enough to the abundance and blessings that is possible. I am defective. I am inadequate. And nobody really knows why. Well, why? Because this is one of the first experiences of every child in the world. You come as a child as a, you know, full with all kinds of characteristics and powers that many of them you learn soon enough that are not welcomed by society, uh, by your parents. So you learn very early in your life uh, that there are certain things that you, do, you should do, certain si- and, and, you, and you get love and protection. There are certain things that you shouldn't. And uh, so you, we start to, to hide it. But we know that we have those. We, ha- we have it. We have uh, all kinds of things that our parents which are the source of you know, security and love, and uh, basically we're dependent on them for life. We know as children that we have parts of us that we need to hide from our parents uh, because they don't like it. So we have ev- we creating, we're creating by that our, what's called in psychology, our, in Jungian psychology, our persona on one hand and the shadow on the other hand. So things that we say, okay, this is me, look at me, this is me, the acceptable one. And the shadow is all that that is unaccept- unacceptable. And by the way, the unacceptable is not only what considered bad. Hmm. It, can also con- it can also be, you know, you're too spiritual. And your parents actually don't understand what you're talking about. What do you want? You need, so they're trying to make you average. Right. And, and so you, you push this into, you push your oversensitivity to your, to your shadow as well. So the shadow aspect of us is, is holding a lot of, of aspects that are... Um, just unex- unacceptable and we know that we have them so we feel that actually I'm not good enough I'm not worthy like if if society will just know about me all that I know and don't know about myself right. they would not love me they will not accept me therefore one of the main things that I find in working in communities and I'm a community person as well and um for many years uh, I'm working in developing communities and uh, researching tools that works in community and building community Um, and one of the major aspects of building communities actually creating circles that develop full trust so people can actually bring up their shadow and expose their shadow and the the beautiful the be- really really beautiful thing that happen in those when you do those tools is that people come and when they dare th- th- they might shiver right 
when they dare to bring up something that they were for years and years they were hiding because they were th- they were sure that if people would know this about me they would not love me and then they bring it in a constructive way and you know there there, there are ways to do that they bring it and they they become vulnerable and they get so much love from other people not only that they realize that uh, you know other people speak and give mirrors and in a in again in a very handled way because we want to give complete uh security to the person who is you know in such a vulnerable place but they see that what i was hiding actually i share it with so many people in the circle you know in this version or the other you have what i was trying what i was trying to hide from you you're trying to hide from me and it doesn't look that bad uh, yeah. yeah and then so much love is being released in the circle so much just like compassion and love and relaxation to just be who. so that means that i can actually be who i really am in your presence do you know how relaxing it is yeah yeah oh so i uh, love or love really is I, I found it to i can describe it as shared presence mm. and all the work that we do together you know it really is to get us to feel safe with ourselves in each other's company mm-hmm. and like you said before stop seeing the other right stop thinking that there is that we don't need to compartmentalize ourselves into alienate ourselves into this right or wrong being good or bad mm-hmm. and do you have do you work with the term like integrating the shadow I, I, I've mm-hmm. I've found myself to to not have to like get rid of something or heal like a like a profane uh, shadow self of mine that all of a sudden I'm not gonna have as a matter of fact I'm just I've become more aware of of these feelings and places uh, you know whether they be old uh, places of shame and inadequacy that still can come up but instead of fighting them I just have the bigger capacity to stay present with them and still trust life to f- flow through me uh, for, for me to heal really to embrace so much I, uh, uh, the experience of shame because shame will lead to numbness for me literally mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. literal physical numbness yeah. And what, what has been stepping me through this fear, what has been literally waking up my body, is the acceptance of my partner and mm-hmm. the space that is being held in a circle. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's so much that has to do with not fixing it or not getting rid of it, but just really, like you said, realizing that it's shared. Yeah, um, the... Did you see the film of Disney, I don't know, like many years ago, uh, Monsters? Uh, yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea there, it's, just very, it's a very simple psychological idea that monsters eat your fear. Mm. The monsters are actually, they're actually cute, cute guys, right? <laughs> But they are creating, f- they're, they're um, trying to scare the child. And when the child is being scared, they are actually being nourished from the fear, and they grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens. Whenever you're afraid from your own shadow, the shadow actually grows. 
and becomes a monster. And many people I meet, I work with many people, uh, and at the beginning of the process, they, they are sure that, I- that they have a monster inside. You know? So my, whether it's my anger, or my sexual f- drive, or my you know, stinginess, or whatever it is, like, they're afraid of that. Like, what do you mean I can let it, I, I, you know, I can trust it? It's, it's horrible, it's destructive. But the thing, the reason, it's not destructive, it's bes- destructive just as long as you re- uh, repress it. It's like power that's being repressed and repressed and repressed, and then when it erupts, it erupts in destru- destructive way. So the work is always to go to the source of it, to see the source of the monster, and the, the source of the monster is a little demon. And like at the end of this uh, beautiful, another film, uh, short bus. I don't know if you saw no. it. It's it's about New York. It's a kind of a crazy crazy film. Really recommended. Short bus. Uh, anyway, the the ending um, song is, and when your last breath begins, you find your demons your best friend. And we all get it in the end. Hmm. I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. Like you said, certain things we can't describe. But it, it's, it's comforting. And again, this, this podcast, this reminder, it really is just re- reminding people of what we are all going through and how just feeling safe, feeling safe. And I love what you said because I, have, I, do, I, I do work with people who literally tell me, Aurea, you really don't understand what I'm going through. I'm afraid that you don't understand mm-hmm. how horrible it is for me. Yeah. And that is such a common experience. And for you to <coughs> really highlight the fact that what we're really afraid of is the fear itself. Labriyut. Yeah, Labriyut. And to have the space to experience it fully. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes... People have the conception of letting go is you interrupt something and you let it go. And I've come to continue to realize that letting go is actually not interrupt anything. Mm-hmm. And surrender to what is coming up and let it be fully expressed. And maybe we can delve a little bit into that when we come back. Sure. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. I believe in the good things coming, coming, coming. And we are on Being Community Radio. I'm with Ohad Ezrahi. And we're talking about, sh- I mean, really, shamanism, Kabbalah, sacred sexuality. And I'm extremely intrigued because never have I met a couple of human beings Dawn will be here shortly, who I have so much in common when it comes to my life, to my life's journey. And going from religious institution to finding, to business, to finding spirituality, to discovering shamanism, and then right at the point where I can tell that the next place in our community as we are growing, and the community that I'm cultivating, the next place for us to 
heal, discover, and nourish is our creative temple, our sexuality. And today, while meeting with Ohad and Dawn, really discussing the possibility of having Ohad and Dawn come into community gatherings and share with their gifts and their knowledge as far as sexuality and boundaries and energy and everything that our community and the community in large have been really asking for because it's one thing to wake up and to realize that you're in your body and you are you have unlimited power and infinite choices and then the next thing is really to learn how to use it and how to navigate and how to ride the waves and sex quite frankly as we have been discussing has it's just uh, uh, nobody talks about it. It's taboo, and I'm curious myself, really, about how you, Ohad, mm-hmm. have crossed over, like to go from your head to your heart to the creative temple and mm-hmm. so forth. Yeah. Well, from the head to the heart, it was, uh, I believe, uh, uh, a matter of working with prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually led me to my heart first, uh, allowed me to cry, uh, to surrender to the divine and to not be a tough uh, Israeli guy, but to soften up. And then working with community um, and and developing compassion and just uh, resonating with with people listening listening to conversation or or communication is mostly about listening it's the art of listening more than the art of talking so really developing the art of listening to each other and sitting in each other's presence and uh, respecting the uniqueness of the other uh, I think from that I actually <laughs> I actually learned to respect myself yeah. uh, because we 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 resonate to each other and and I I've seen so many people to the to their depth and I have listened to so many you know secrets and fears and and issues that are you know I've never reality is more more crazy than any movie and and and, and book right yeah. it's like people come to me and regular people regular people and they have stories that you cannot believe um and then just like being present with people to to what they are going through and with love i think that was the beginning of of descending from from ideas because I was a Kabbalist. I was I'm a rabbi and I was a Kabbalist scholar for many years. Actually, I was so much in um, worlds of uh, concept and mental worlds and spirit world that I I felt in my young age that I I came to a place, I remember this point that I felt I lost connection with, I'm almost losing connection with regular humanity. Like, I felt it that I'm, you know, I'm almost elevating to a place that, okay, I can speak with my colleague scholars, but we're actually not, our feet feet are not in the ground. And then I decided instead of, going further in this direction and decided, no, I need to descend. 
my since then my spiritual work is not about ascending but about descending so it was descending to the heart descending to the body and then descending to sexuality to really ex- accept these kind of primal carnal animalic uh, powers that are running through us and not only accept them but celebrate them and not only celebrate them but learning how to as I said before surf the waves uh, you know I'm a surfer mm. but not in the sea but in the ocean of energy and, and also I, I know that without any experience most people know at least in the spiritual communities that your sexuality and your creativity are tied together that's a yeah. common yeah in Hebrew it's it's even the same word yetzer and yetzira yetzer and yetzira nahon okay mm-hmm. huh. to create is to have desire, desire. yeah wow yeah. I never knew that yeah. Hebrew is a shamanic Hebrew is an ancient shamanic language it, it comes it's much it's much more ancient than Judaism Hebrew itself Hebrew as a yeah because okay. the Hebrew language comes from Hebraic tribes that were indigenous tribes thousands of years before Judaism came as a concept so it's a very shamanic language and when you were I don't know how uh, what kind of uh, how, how how religious were you but you had to make I was a complete Haredi, complete ultra orthodox so this moment where you realize that you're being disconnect you, you, you you're losing touch with humanity I mean f- to, to some that may be exciting for them why was th- uh, what, what happened f- yeah it was exciting but I felt that um, my challenge would not be to do that my challenge would be actually to bring to draw divinity down to the world and not to escape it, it was kind of an es- escapism right but you knew it I you felt it. it you I felt it I felt it I was yeah I was in my l- I think late 20s or maybe 30 years old or something like that and I felt I need to change direction <laughs> and to start uh, start go down and it was it was difficult and uh, I wrote books about uh, sexuality from aspect of Kabbalah different uh, different uh, subjects in that like one book about the the erotic aspect of the ancient temple of Jerusalem because once you go into that you actually see that it was full with erotic uh, secrets there really yeah <laughs> and then the other the other book was about uh, Lilith as a as a sacred power yeah which again it's in Kabbalah but it's it's hidden in Kabbalah because usually the folklore is that Lilith is kind of a you know the bad girl but the bad girl is actually the talented one and the, the wild character is actually holding powerful energies and she's in each of us. So I, I made my research in Kabbalah. Actually, I, I, lo- I, I left religion because of things that I found in the depth of the, the text themselves. And I came to this junction, I call it. I felt, I felt in a certain time that I'm in a junction. They wanted to make me a Rosh Yeshiva, like to make me um, the head of a, of a study place, like yeah. a, kind of a dean or whatever it will be, a professor. Chief or, Rabbi. Yeah. And I felt I'm in a junction and one, one direction there was an arrow that said religion and the other direction was saying God. 
and I had to choose between being honest to God or continue with religion. And you found that through your journey of religion, really. And yet you, you somehow managed... I, I wasn't born like... I wasn't born into a religious world. I, I, I started my journey as a... You know, I was born to a secular family that is not spiritual at all. Just, you know, just good regular people. Found spirituality in my uh, young age. I didn't have a name for that. I was searching, searching. Started with Buddhism, shamanism meditated all my youth basically searched read a lot of philosophy read a lot a lot a lot anything that i could put my hand on at the end after being really into zen buddhism i made a turn and went into the hasidic world because i felt uh, as buber felt as, as well that hasidism in its core has a lot to do a, a lot of similarities to zen buddhism so I said, like, okay, let's go into into that. And I, I, I thought I'm going just for half a year, a year to study in yeshiva. I was stuck there for 18 years. Wow. <laughs> so. And uh, so may we say, can we, some of the things that you found nourishing was a sense of community, was it the knowledge? What was it for you that kept you there for 18 years? The knowledge. No, yeah. no, actually the sense of community wasn't uh, at all. I actually, people think that religious communities have a sense of community. I don't, I don't see it because it's a community that is a lot. I mean, there is, there is chesed. There is like um, people helping each other, but there's a lot of fear. Everybody's afraid of each other. Everybody's afraid that the other will, what the other will say, what the other will think about me, whether the other will find about things about me that I'm trying to hide. Mm, yeah. This I don't see as community. Right. So there's a, a perceived, perceived sense of safety, but it doesn't doesn't go. It, it it's doesn't safe go deep. as long as you're conforming to conformism. Uh, it's but safe as long as you fake it well. Exactly. Well enough. Exactly. And yeah. it's not about the Jewish world. You know, I've I've, right. I've seen this in Christian communities. I've seen this in Buddhist communities, in Zen communities. I've seen this in Native American communities. I've been I've been around and you know teaching in different communities around the world, and I see it's like, it's the same everywhere. Humans are humans. Yeah, every circle has got the five percent and ninety five percent in yeah. some way. Yeah. And with that reminder, we'll be back. In the moon of the budding trees, I was gifted new eyes to see. All of the shift and shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities And we're back being community radio with Ohad and Dawn, who is just joining us right now. And we are exploring the, the journey from the head to the heart to the genitals. And back. And back. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we're just delving a little bit about the, our, our, our personal stories of transformation uh, from, you know, the dogma to the search, to the meaningful search. And Ohad was just telling us uh, his, his, uh, his shift from the mental concepts of spirituality to community building through listening and paying attention and having compassion. Mm. And because... I wanted I was, what I was telling Ohad before I remind the listeners is that my personal journey did just start at the head and then five years ago I found myself in the heart mm. and now I realize that my next place as well as so many other people around me 
is to go into their power of sexuality and I don't even know what words to use for mm-hmm. it. I, yeah. I'm just going to keep saying sexuality, but yeah. I know it's an entire it's world yeah. of, and, and I, what I said is we do know, like it's one thing that we do talk about mm. is we can complain about if we don't have enough sex in our lives or if we don't feel like we are sexually open, we are afraid that our creative forces is also blocked. That's a common knowledge but then mm-hmm. it really doesn't go farther than that yeah and i'm excited to not just have you guys tonight but to continue exploring how we can bring our knowledge and uh our, our life paths together to really take the next step in the spiritual communities at large and acknowledge that we have uh, like you said a third uh, three temples mm-hmm. and I wanted to, so I, I was asking Ohad just his journey to of getting there, and he was saying how he was getting to the heart, and then we were to, then maybe next uh, he was getting to the next place, mm-hmm. and then you walked in. So. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and and this is true because Dawn coming together with Dawn first was a result for me of of the journeys that I that we spoke about before, and I realized that I I need this kind of a woman mm. that is deeply connected to spirituality and deeply connected in into her body and and to her sexual powers not with shame or in guilt like but with uh, with power and and beauty and celebration of that and i, I literally didn't know where i'm going to find this woman uh, <laughs> she wasn't around me i knew that and you know life with its mysteries brought us together actually almost to the day 13 years ago, we are almost celebrating our 13 years to anniversary to our day of meeting, which was, that that was it. It was so clear. Um, so it's going to be your actual sexual bar mitzvah soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I didn't think about that. <laughs> you can finally do it for real. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll write my thank you notes this time. Because <laughs> I, I, I think most of my, I mean, I know most of my, shame and inadequacy and suppression and repression actually started around the same time. Mm-hmm. I went to yeshiva, I was 13 year old, and I mean, even going to the yeshiva, we knew for years that you were expected to be touched. Mm. You were expected to be touched by other people, and they would, I mean, we would talk about it in the classroom, like the kids would advise other kids mm. on how to handle it and what to do, and the rabbis and the principals they would not just ignore it, but they would like shame us. I remember they would shame us for for talking about it. Mm. And it need to be hushed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember as a 10-year-old being called in to the Rosh Yeshiva and mm. to the principal's offices and where they would shame us for even discussing these things and somehow would make us feel like it's our fault. Mm. So all around that time, all around that age where pleasure was wrong and bad and shame was the default. Like, it's funny. Not only was the default, it was encouraged. Mm-hmm. And so much of... These are the ways to control people. It's mm-hmm. very, very simple. In Kabbalah, yeah. sexuality is connected. You, you know the tree of life, the ten, ten sfirot. Um, so the... In, in short, the Kabbalah sees the, the world as being made from ten powers. 
that are all connected like a tree, and that's the tree of life. The power that is connected to sexuality specifically is called in Hebrew yesod, and in the translation to English would be foundation, because sexuality is the foundation of everything. So the whole structure of personality is standing upon the foundation. Basically, if you touch someone in their foundation, if you control the foundation of something, you control the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, re- all religions uh, knew that if you, if you control people, people's sexual- sexuality, you got them under your control. And that's why every religion and every state has something to say, ridiculously, about who you sleep with. Right. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, what, what, what the heck? I mean, why, why would the state be interested in, like, who am I sleeping with? Right. Right? As long as it's consented and stuff like that, you know, the state can be interested in, like, you know, that nothing is not, that is not consensual is happening. Right. But what, what's more and why? Because it's a way to control people. And what you shared with us is is common not to only to people who grew up in a religious environment. Mm-hmm. I think 99% of people on the planet today, their first sexual experiences with themselves usually were under fear and shame and guilt. Usually with themselves, just touching themselves, feeling like the, the arousal, sometimes going all the way to orgasm and it was always in fear and shame and this was burnt into the neurons so that's why we say that first of all you know if you want if you want to have to have your sexuality like your art so your genitals are your art tools mm-hmm. have you ever seen an artist that is ashamed of its of his brush <laughs> right like yeah these are your tools these are your sacred tools it's like native americans holding their their pipe and the tobacco you know this is sacred it holds power it's sacred there's no shame about it it's the opposite it's like it's wow it's a wow that's how i want people to to hold their own it's n- sexual organs are not only the genitals but the whole body is a big sexual organ mm-hmm. so we really can't have enough th- so this is is this is this like you guys' uh, focus now and and the, your current current our wave. focus yeah don and i are working and, and, and what i wanted to say is that don when don came to my life it wasn't only theoretical but she w- she's one of my great teachers I mean, and you know we ju- you just joined us so please join yeah me. i'm catching i'm catching <laughs> up i'm just also coming down from i was in the ecstatic dance for the last 2 hours and we were sweating and in a pool of beautiful bodies together dancing and so now I'm coming in and and feeling the next wave which is this in the conversation so yeah when we Ohad and I came together we we knew that there was something very palpable and, and tangible that we could teach together and um I want to mention that when you were talking about the self pleasuring is that it's something that happens naturally it's something that happens in the womb fetuses do it there is 
it's something that is so instinctual that it it's a way to comfort and and it's only when we get to a certain age that we realize that this very natural self-soothing connecting act is is wrong in some ways and then we learn very artfully and cleverly how to how to hide it and how to go away and 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 be very 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 quiet so no one would ever even know and that's connected to the what we spoke before about getting this this uh understanding that i'm i'm probably not good enough Mm -hmm. because i have those things that mommy says are not okay Mm -hmm. right i mean for me when i when i dive deep into the depth of my not good enough, they are directly related to sex. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't sex per se at that age, but it was anything to do with, you know, not just pleasure, like even even like the way I remember we had to hide ourselves or not Mm -hmm. be naked or just the examination and the criticism. And it was, it it was just like a, a source of shame that I actually didn't recognize i always thought it was it was more about maybe in any any inadequacy that i would felt as a teenager or in my 20s but no it it has to do with like the first 10 years of my my relationship to my body yeah yeah Yeah, i lead women and i have for the last eight nine years through a process of remembering your body when you were innocent and, and at a very early age when you went on the beach when when you didn't have any shame and you were just simply running and 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 joyful and then slowly to to acknowledge the time when we when we put on clothes and we we realized that we were different in our first sexual interaction be it pleasurable be it not pleasurable oftentimes it wasn't and then and then going through this this uh process of of connecting to our blood in a healthy way. How do we how do we deal with all sorts of 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 um, fluids and smells and and were were they celebrated? Was was it? Did your mother come into the room and say, "Oh, you are now a woman, and let's take you out to the tribe and to the elders and teach you about medicine ways of herbs so that you didn't have cramps and so that you could feel good about your body and and this whole process and and it's really a way of 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 l- connecting to a parallel reality which exists because we know it we know it in our in our deep subconscious we know that this this healthy way of relating to our body exists whether we've read it whether we've had glimpses of it by by someone uh, we we know it so so what i do in in the processes is really allow the women to to experience it in a way of of um repatterning the cells because it's never too late to have a happy childhood and it's Mm -hmm. never too late to have a happy good experience of your body it's beautiful it's so true i have a son that's running around naked all the time (laughs) and i can tell sometimes my father kind of looks at me funny like shouldn't where's his pants Mm. you know Mm. like did he forget his pants at home like making comments (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and i'm just i'm just doing my best because i know at some point he will feel it from someone right and i'm just kind of giving him as much 
opportunity to not even know that it's out there as possible mm-hmm. and then luckily surround myself with people like you mm. so mm-hmm. it feels safer <laughs> we don't know where to begin don't know how to fit in caught in between the lines out in this world from inside can't go back we're on a one way track it's been a million miles gone is it taking us to where we so we are talking with Ohad and Dawn and we are excited to explore sexuality and spirituality and how it really, it really I know for me and for so many of the people that I know and we're working and growing together, how we got to you know, keep growing up and go into our creative force and to our power and not just make peace with our sexuality but know how to use it, mm-hmm. know what that means. And maybe for this next topic or exploration i'd like to talk about something that's very real for us and maybe you can shed some light when when we are in community gatherings and in sessions and we get very open and close to one another and we feel safe with each other there is a lot of sexual energy and desires uh, tension It, it turns into tension of course and people what I see happening is if people, not only people don't talk about it, but there comes this point where people feel that it's wrong, it triggers a place of shame, and then they start behaving like there's some, like, like they're just like going, you know, they're just behaving wrong yeah. because they already feel like they're in the gray area. So when you said how in Hebrew that's the same word, creativity and creation, and, and, and desire, then desire, creativity and desire. And I just wanted to visit that. And what can you tell us and people who know that, that when they start waking up, they start feeling good in their body, all of a sudden there's a lot of sexual desire and energy? Well, it's a very simple thing. If you are a healthy person, (laughs) you are being aroused and attracted a hundred times a day to other beings, depends on you know your sexual tendency but if a healthy person is being uh attracted plants flowers mm, yeah it can be to plants to flower to flowers to to uh, to a landscape Mm. um you know all kind of things arouse you because they have energy and energy speaks with energy and you know so uh, Women arouse, if you're a man and if you're a heterosexual man, women will arouse you. And this is good. Yeah. Women that you don't know will arouse you. Women, you know, the, the, the seller in the supermarket will arouse you. The, the, the woman that you see, that you sit across from in the, in the subway will arouse you. And that just means that you're a healthy man. Mm-hmm. Now, between being aroused or being attracted or you know having this like tingling of like hmm she's interesting and acting on that there's a huge gap now people are being ashamed that they're even attracted especially if they are in a relationship so most people in a relationship feel that their partner for some reason should be should stop being attracted to other people so and that's uh, and they themselves feel wrong for feeling attracted exactly and they don't even talk about it so one of the of the main thing of the first things is to create a safe and beautiful and open 
and, and sexy talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don and I, we, we often share like, you know, her attractions, my attractions. Um, just and like I always know even before he tells me anyway. Yeah, exactly. She knows. <laughs> she, she sees someone who's like, oh. when he sees her, he will be attracted to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we can celebrate that we are alive, basically. Mm-hmm. And then to start to create an honest talk in the community. And there are ways to do that. I mean, those things, good to do them. I mean, there is a lot of experience that was gathered in different conscious communities around the world about how to deal with sexuality power and money these are usually the those aspects that break communities apart uh, so how to deal with it and how to bring it to to the to the light from shadow to light um, and then people can choose whether you know what whether they want to be polyamorous whether they want to be monogamous whether they want to be celibate uh, and and really not only accept the people's choices choices but um but celebrate it uh in the community of like beautiful this is your choice this is your your boundary we want to know your we want to know your desires and we hold them sacred and we want to know your boundaries so we know how to respect you right and that conversation it's a new conversation in our society yeah it really is mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why it's exciting it's really exciting for me to bring it to the community and I mean we knew it we all know it we all know that we have mm-hmm. to get there mm-hmm. because otherwise we are peddling nourishment mm-hmm. we are just mm-hmm. talking about enlightenment mm-hmm. but when we feel wrong or frustrated because most of the conversations I'm having, about this usually comes around like people just feeling wrong about being attracted to other people period right. especially mm-hmm. that they're in a relationship right. but even if they're not they they feel like there's something w- they feel uh, like violators mm-hmm. people feel uh, like predators yeah. just because they are attracted to mm-hmm. someone else mm-hmm. and and all of our community building gatherings and exercises and rituals it is It is such a large part of the actual energy in the room, of course mm-hmm. that I love the idea of celebrating it, talking about it, mm-hmm. and I mean one of the things that freed me was in the beginning of our relationship, me and my partner. It was in the first six i mean I just started doing this for a living, and I proposed to her, and we engaged, and I remember I remember coming home to her after like two months of maybe six weeks or so because I remember of really battling with I got to talk to her because I, I feel attracted to other women and I'm not saying I want to do anything or whatever but the fact is that I felt wrong like I'm not doing this right mm-hmm. like I just proposed to her in front of 60 people and I'm mm-hmm. doing this for a living and I have mm-hmm. this image of of a community guide and a leader and mm-hmm. a, and you know and I feel like a like a pervert you know like there's some and she told me i remember what she told me she said i can't tell you that i like it mm-hmm. but i expect it yeah. and she said and make sure to not block yourself mm-hmm. like don't block yourself mm-hmm. to this energy don't mm-hmm. fool yourself mm-hmm. and you know that was that was the, yeah. the best thing i've ever heard probably mm. up to that point in my life because it's 
what to do with it and how to go around it and how to use it. That's a whole world and I'm excited to explore and I'm excited to co-create and play with you guys. Mm-hmm. But just the, the notion that it's not wrong right. and it's normal mm-hmm. and it's a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 and uh, it's life force energy. So it's a h- how am how am I dealing with it, and how am I being transparent with it? And when when people can acknowledge it, and especially in a relationship, you the field of trust is s- deepened. And oh, okay, you're naming it. Great. Now, what you do with it is the other question. We can take energy and we can give energy. We can be taking and we feel that. We feel that when there's, there's, this, there's this kind of sucking, taking energy. You, you know, as a, as a woman walking down the street and, you know, you walk by a group of men and they're like, ooh, baby, yeah, mm, and you're like, ugh, and you just feel like, ugh, naked. And then some elegant... You know, oftentimes elder black man will look at you and go, mm, nice. And he'll look <laughs> at you and just be like, oh, I, I kind of, I, I feel turned on by that. But he's giving you energy. Mm. He's like, mm-hmm, yeah. And he's not denying it. Where the people who are walking by you like, <laughs> you know, looking and you feel icky because you know they 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 just they're either not dealing with their sexuality or they are just yeah they're just denying it and then it goes into the shadow and it it comes out in Mm -hmm. all these icky twisted uncomfortable ways Mm -hmm. and then you just don't want to be with the people you know one of the um damaging ideas in the, in in our i think the two th- two three thousand years uh last of you hum- two thousand years of hum- of humanity is the idea that the more holy you become mm-hmm. the less sexual you become yeah that wasn't before so Today, you think about a holy man or a holy woman, you, think ab- y- you don't think about them like really wanting to fuck, right? Right. <laughs> you actually think that, you actually like, really? They're, they also have like sexual life? I mean, I see they have a child, they <laughs> probably did it at least once, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, in ancient times, it wasn't like that. Actually, sexuality was like... In the depth of, of Kabbalah, actually, sexuality is connected to your ability to listen to spirit, mm-hmm. to be a prophet. Mm-hmm. So just if you look at, you know, King David, you know, everybody knows about King David, okay? King David, f- which is the favorite of the Bible, right? He, he wrote uh, Psalms and he was, he was he built channeling. A temple. Hmm? Yeah, he built a temple. No, that's no. Solomon. Oh, that's Solomon. Solomon. King David, yeah. <laughs> so It's getting good. Yeah. King David had... 18 wives yeah. and he was God's only 18 only 18 yeah huh. he would he was God's celebrity right he was like and he was he's definitely considered the sacred holy man mm-hmm. I mean I'm not talking about his son King Solomon that had a thousand <laughs> women 300 wives and 700 
concubines. And the, the Bible said it was kind of, you exaggerated. It was like too much. But <laughs> what I want to say is not about how many women you have or how many men, how many partners. It's just the, the understanding that today someone who is a head of, uh, even the head of the state, I mean, I mean, what's his name? You're a president. Uh, uh, Obama? <laughs> uh, no, the one, Clinton. Mm-hmm. Clinton had to resign because he was sexual, for God's sake, with another woman. You know, if it was in biblical times, it was like, of course, what do you mean? Yes, I want another, I, I, I'm a passionate being. That's why I can hold the state, you know. I've, uh, I'm a passionate being. I want it to be consent, consensual. I mean, yeah, Monica had a great time. I had a great time. What's wrong with, what's wrong with that? And uh, imagine, imagine the Pope, you know, having, being like a, a, per, a person that, uh, that, that actually holds his sexual aspect together with his spirituality but we learned in a wrong way that the more spiritual you you become the more disconnected you become from your center of power from your genitals from your pelvis and this disconnection is standing between so you become a, a community leader and all of a sudden you think something is wrong with me I'm not supposed to be attracted. Attracted? Of course you are. You're attracted to. If you're a healthy person, you're attracted to. Right. A lot. I have. I've never been. I've never felt more attractive and attracted in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's. It. It. It just. It feels. Uh, like a. Like it's. A, it's just not a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just not a conversation. Uh, and in spirituality, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. It is. We're it's talking starting, about it's now. It's starting. Some things is happening around the world. Yeah. And it's exciting, literally. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I love to be in a, a field where I know sexuality is possible. It's, it's up front. And then you have, you can play with everything. Because I, sometimes I, I want to sit down and I want to meditate with you and 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 sometimes I want to bring the energy down and then and then connect that way it's 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 having the whole range so we can really connect to the earth and not put one above the other and it's really how the future of the humanity is connecting heaven and earth and and sacred masculine and feminine and i'm not putting father sky and mother earth because it's all one it's all we're all dancing together and we're all ancient egypt it was father it was father earth and mother sky exactly so tap me out and tap me into you Heal my brain and my body too Balance my chemistry Hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps So Ahad and Dawn, a little bit of maybe A little bit of your vision Of what what you guys do create And you're looking to create And the kind of... uh, the kind of magic that you are creating anew these days. Thank you. First, I have to say we're not doing it alone. Uh, we are part of fabric of of humanity that is uh, awakening, and uh, there are beautiful beings around the planet that we collaborate with, amazing teachers. Uh, many of us are connected through one 
we don't call it organization, but an organism that's called ISTA, International School of Temple Arts. Everybody can Google that, School of Temple Arts. Um, that is happening around the globe, and we're doing uh, trainings uh, that are intensive trainings of, uh, of a week-long level one, a week-long level two, week-long level three. Um, and as I said, it's not only us, it's with collaboration of, with other people. You call it the spiritual, sexual, shamanic experience yes. and initiation. Yeah. First week is experience, and the second week is initiation. Um, and what we love to do is to uh, help people get back to their own power mm-hmm. and help communities. I mean, there's, there's a beautiful work with individuals, but then, with, you know, one, two, three individuals, you have a little community. Yeah. And, uh, and communities can empower themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I'm working with communities for the last, uh, what, 15 years at least, uh, intentionally, and intensively, um, and on with me. Um, so one of our joys is actually to plug I- into communities and help them kind of flourish, and or and or help people that kind of woke up and like went through an experience, and and they said, okay, what's next? And we say, okay, come together, mm-hmm. come together, support each other. Mm-hmm. This is a life uh, walk. It's not like an experience that you say, yeah, I've been to this workshop right. or I've been to this party or whatever it is. It's a way you live your life, moment to moment, day to day, really. It's the way you walk in, in the street, the way you breathe, the way you move. There's, so. there's this feeling of surrender and power when you guys mm. describe. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what comes across. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm, that's arousing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel that wherever we go, we're really tapping into different communities. And, and, and one of our strong desires and needs is to have community and to not live alone and, and to really have people, playmates, to, mm-hmm. to go deep and to s- be supported um, and really create sovereign individuals so it's about building power within the individual and and as we know we have this relationship within ourselves of the masculine of the feminine I mean the primary relationship is within ourself so this when I'm coming as as this complete relationship and and being and then I meet you and then we have our relationship and then Um, it, it gets very full and very juicy in a room quickly. Um, so I feel like to empower the individual in, in the different, within the self, um, and as well as becoming uh, simply more able to communicate desires, more able to communicate our needs so that we can um, express ourselves and be, be more fully realized. Um, And, and right now, I mean, we're sitting in New York, and uh, part of our vision is actually to we have a f- we f- just we feel that we need to plant more seeds in New York City. Uh, that was kind of just realized in the last two, two weeks for us. <laughs> we were thinking for two years, actually, where are we putting our foot in the states? And we're going all kind of beautiful, beautiful places in this continent, but then it felt like New York. Actually, so we're going to, I think, be more here 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the next months, and I mean, we're we're traveling around the world. We're I mean, next next month we're doing Easter in uh, in England, UK, and then Greece, and then Israel, and then Poland, and then Australia, and yeah, that's Hawaii. that's how in Hawaii. I forgot Hawaii in January. Yeah, so we are traveling around the world, and I feel so uh, humbled. I have to say from meeting humanity in different countries and different cultures mm-hmm. and you know in these in these workshops or in these experience plunges actually people open up so deeply mm-hmm. so w- they let us in to to their holy of holies and you know ancient traumas as well as as ancient beauty mm-hmm. um and I, s- I feel so so lucky and humbled to to walk in those temples of the human of humanity with uh, sensitivity and help and uh, you know do whatever we can Don and I uh, to to help people empower re empower themselves. We are not healers. We just try to support people to heal themselves. We try to support people to connect with spirit directly, not through us. We're just holding space. We facilitate a session that you connect with with your body, with your spirit, and and yeah, and your empowered being, your sovereign being, and yeah, go ahead and and do what you need to do in the world. Um, and also, some of our mm-hmm. love and our work is bringing rituals and ceremonies together out in nature, mm. earth actions, putting the acupuncture points into the earth, and. And combining healthy sexuality with it, and combining the cosmos and and the yeah, earth energies. With rituals, and we do with ritual. rituals and ritual theaters is one of my loves. Yeah. And we're going to do an action on um, in Battery Park on August first with sacred masculine and feminine. Yeah, if yeah. somebody wants to find out more information, what can they do? Uh, they can go first f- about about our trainings. It's to Google uh, School of Temple Arts dot mm-hmm. Which is Ista, and you'll see trainings around the planet with us and other teachers. It's uh, but it's kind of the same training, just different flavors. Then they can go to our website, our homepage, yep. which is uh, Kabbalah, K A B A L O V E. dot O R G. And I think you have enough friends. I think you have reached your five thousand on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> but I have a so page. you have a page now. Yeah, Ohad Ezrahi. Uh, we'll, we'll add it to the description <laughs> of this podcast <laughs> but it's so no it really is exciting I, I just I want to say that when I was I'll say it again when I was coming up here even though we only spoke for a few hours in total mm. I realized that and as my life's journey unfolds I have more in common with your stories than most people in the planet mm. like period mm. and it's so interesting how the surrender experience or the surrender experiment mm. I- is leading me to you guys and is leading uh, is leading you guys to mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. And we all somehow, I mean, yeah. we keep coming back here yeah. for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. Thank you. And I'm really excited to meet you and, and you, Sam, and, and the community. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, Whenever I go to, like next month, I'm, I, I go to, to the UK and... and uh, Level one is me and Don joining me for level two. I know that there are dozens of people there that I'm going to meet. And I will feel 
like you feel like mm-hmm. as if i know those people for hundreds of years yeah. we just and, and we d- we don't know each other yet you know i always gonna like there are friends lifetime friends that i'm gonna meet next week <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's exciting it's gonna be exciting to keep to get to know each other yeah. and uh, yeah mm-hmm. thank you thank you very much